What's going on, my Cinema Flavor family? How are you guys doing today? Today's a very good episode. Looking forward to reviewing 1917. I've been stoked about this one, man. I've been wanting to talk about it since I saw it, but I really wanted to get my notes down. God, this was such an experience. Such an experience. I got to, uh, I took a little trip up to San Francisco to the AMC Matreon. I've never been in that theater, per se. I'd, I had one incident where I was supposed to watch Wonder Woman and unfortunately I don't know the traffic in San Francisco as well as I thought I did and anyways it turns out I, I messed up and missed that movie by like two hours even though it was only like maybe 20 minutes away from the theater that's how bad the traffic was um, but I got up here went to go see it unfortunately like they're big big like it, like the whole all the bells and whistles, I guess, for lack of a better term. That theater was being used for Star Wars, which, understandably so, you, you want to bring in that crowd. So I didn't get to see, like, everything, everything. But the IMAX experience itself in this theater was amazing. It was fantastic. First off, man, the seats itself... I, I love it when a, uh, I don't know how they, they work this out. There's a few theaters around me. There's one in Sacramento that has like, where the seats are real low to the ground. Where you, you sit down and you, you tilt your bat, your head back and, and doesn't really matter where you're sitting. The screen itself always is positioned in a way where you're, you're looking up, but you're, you're not restless, right? Your, your neck doesn't really hurt. I, it's really hard to explain. But there's a theater in Sacramento that does this really well. There's a theater in my hometown that does this very well. Where the seats are real low and you kind of just... It's almost like you're laying down, but you're not... You're, you're still able to see the movie straight on. I, I know that makes no sense, but when you go see a, a, a movie in this theater, you'll be like, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. It's You, you just rest. You kind of just let your body just kind of plop. It's it's so much fun. The, the Just the fact that you could relax that way in a theater like that, that always makes me happy. The screen in this was huge. Uh, the I, the IMAX, there tends to be a problem with the IMAX, especially in my hometown, where it's just a big subwoofer in the corner. Uh, but here, the sound, the sound was just off the charts. It was crazy. Um, this movie wasn't necessarily shot for, like, sound editing. I, I would say, like, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk did a lot better with sound than this one did. But what it, what it lacks, as far as the movie is con concerned with sound, the IMAX theater picks all of that up. Because it really feels like there's gunshots and, and a lot of explosions and just, and there's wind and whatnot that, that it makes you feel like you're in the experience. And I go, okay, this is clearly more the IMAX than is the movie. Uh, but that's not to say that this movie was bad. This movie was fantastic. It's it's all shot to look like one take. If you've seen Birdman, you, you know what I'm talking about, where there's no cuts, there's no traditional cuts, where you cut to a character or a reverse shot or anything of that nature. It's more, you're following these two, these two soldiers who have to get a message across to a general that's like acro across this big land. There's neutral ground, where they have they have that taken over, but unfortunately there's there's a lot of barbed wire and there's a lot of empty trenches and they don't really know what's out there. And then there's still enemy territory that they have to cross to get to the other side that their their same army is gonna attack. And I guess in the movie they're like call off the attack. This is a bait, um, but they have to relay the message. And the way the fact that it's one take already. I don't know how you do this. It, it blows my mind that you're able to take the amount of efforts and the amount of situations that this movie is constantly putting in front of these two soldiers, and it feels so authentic. There's scenes where, like, they're trying to go through bunkers and, and trying to, like, move past people. You know, the, these trenches are real tight, and you're like, how do you fit two people and a camera in there? 
and still look like one take. I, like, you would have to make cuts, but the movie doesn't. Of course, the, the strategy to a one take is you, the, the camera doesn't cut, but what it does, it focuses on something else. So, for example, you're looking at the two soldiers, they're walking, then the camera will move to the left, look at something, and then come back to them, and then it, it'd be like behind them. And it almost looked like a video game. It reminded me a lot like a video game, like a third person. I believe that's what it is, like a, like a third where you just see the character walking along, you know, wh wherever you're, you're trying to take them. I thought all of that was fantastic. But still, it's just the situations that happen because there's little situations and then there's big situations where you go, I, how do you shoot that? Because there's a million things that have to go right and be consistent when your movie one has to take place in a day. Because this movie, you know, they're they're going against time. They only have like so many hours to try to get to uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. If you're if you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. It's not a spoiler. Um, they have to get to Benedict Cumberbatch and tell him, you know, stop, stop the stop the mission. Um, but it's it it's amazing that you're able to do that. There's other scenes where like there's a million soldiers all running all in one direction, but one soldier is trying to cut through them. He's he's trying he's running in the direction that they're not. So he's he's running into them as they're charging toward him. And that's another scene where you go, how do you how do you shoot that? Because one, it's supposed to look like a one take. You obviously have to do cuts because you have this character weaving in and out. So that means that whatever you shoot, it has to one look authentic, but two, you probably only have maybe, maybe two chances to reshoot that. Cause of course you're gonna have to cut on him and then come back and then kind of smooth over the the transition and make it look like, hey, he kept running the whole time. I thought, it's brilliant. I think it's really brilliant. Roger Deakins and, and um, Sam Mendes, they teamed up again. Both of them, I, I guess is more Deakins than it is Sam Mendes, but he really knows how to shoot natural lights. We get that nice outdoor pink, gray hue that you get like when, when it's gonna, when it's sundown. And there's, there's a tint, there's like a hue that comes off naturally uh, that surrounds the area. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm sure you could do it in any way. I've seen it done in The Revenant. I've seen it done in like Birdman, where you get that real natural light. But I think per se here uh, with Deacons and Mendez, it's really noticeable. Because you have to get them from sun up to sundown. So of course the, the light always has to stay consistent, but also too, you have to make it work for yourself. You know, I mean, if you're shooting a scene where it's bright and sunny still, but you have to make it look, you know, kind of grayish, of course, you know, you're working against yourself. You're working against your own natural element and still make it look good. And of course, when it gets dark, that's even worse because, of course, it's dark. You can't really use a whole lot of light. Now, the way they do use, like, other lights as far as, like, guns and explosions, all that was really cool. There's one scene in particular where a character is running and he's running away from some enemies and they're shooting at him and he he has to use the the nighttime uh to to escape but unfortunately there's so much bombs and fire going off that they can see him and so when he sees like a little patch of like shadow or darkness he has to kind of muzzle his way in between all of that and of course how do you do that when your movie has to be one take? It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. This is probably, man, I wish I had have done my, my top 10 for the year, man, because this, this really would have played uh, pretty heavily. I'm a sucker for one takes. I love when I see a good one take in a movie. Birdman is, is one of those movies that I really like. There's one in, in, in Bruges that it deals with war that's just like this. I mean, of course, in Goodfellas, there's a really good one when they go to the Copacabana 
That's probably the most famous one take. Of course, one take, you know, like I've said, it's just you're following a character for a really long time. There's no cuts or anything. You know, your, your camera's following and moving with the person or object that it's shooting. And one, I mean, to me, I don't make movies. I can only see how they do it. And to me, it looks difficult. And I appreciate when a person is trying to do something that difficult for just trying to be creative. When they're just doing it just to do it. You know what I mean? I like that. The, the marketing for this was amazing. I like it when I see a movie like this that gets a lot of buzz. You know what I mean? There's a lot of marketing and campaigning. There, there's been trailers for this. I've seen a trailer for this probably for every single movie I've seen this year. I, I don't know when the campaigning started. I would say like maybe eight months ago. But every single movie that I, I see, there's there's always 1917. And I'm always intrigued by it until I you know finally got to watch it. I, but I, I like that though. You know, I, I don't feel like, you know, look, your, your Avengers and your Star Wars are always going to get big marketing because those are big movies. But when you see a movie like this, that's... It, it, it's trying to grasp you on just sheer talent and just sheer, hey, there's something good here. Like, we, we made a really good movie because it's Sam Mendes. I like that. To be honest, Nolan's the only one who really gets that type of no, notoriety anymore. You know what I mean? Like, Tenet, you know, any, anytime I see the Tenet trailer, you know, pop up at all, it, it's always like that. It, it, it always gets like that that major buzz. Of course, there was a prologue. I don't know if you guys saw it when you saw Star Wars. I know when I, I saw the prologue for Tenet or Tenet. I, I don't know how you say it, but that's, uh, that's one of them. So 1917, it's getting the same amount of marketing. And I, I thought that was phenomenal. I really, really hope this, this played out for them well. Uh, the two leads in this too were phenomenal. I don't know their names. So I'm going to look it up right now. One of them's uh, Dean Charles Chaplin, which I, I should have remembered this because he was in Blinded by the Light. I remember he was the, he was the friend. He, I, I thought he was good in that. I was really good in that. And then you had George McKay. Um, I, I have never seen anything that he's been in. Um, he was in Ophelia, which was that Daisy Ridley movie that I constantly see posts about on her fan pages. Um, but both of them, both of them were really, really good, especially uh, Dean Chaplin. He was the one, even though... You know, I'll just I'll get into spoilers right now. So spoilers if you haven't seen 1917 yet, I'll give you like three seconds to turn this off. Awesome, there you go. So uh, Dean he dies in this. He uh, is trying to help a German soldier get out of a plane that crashes near them. Unfortunately for himself, doesn't work out well because he ends up getting stabbed. Which ironically enough is. He, he's the one, he's the motivation to try to get to this other side. Because when the, the German, or I'm, I'm sorry, their lieutenant is like, hey, we want you to get that message across. Also, by the way, your brother is one of the people that's going to be fighting in, the, in that battle that we want to stop. So you're going to want to get over there to save your brother. Unfortunately, he does not because he, he dies. Uh, but, dude, b both of them, even though there's... Not as much dialogue between them because there's so much nerve. There's so much authentic. Look, we we have a miss it. We have a mission, and we have to get there across. There's there's no time for thinking. The only thing we can do is just do, and then if it doesn't work out, we have to work out our wrongs and then keep going. I loved how all that played out. I mean, it's clearly just like war. You know what I mean? Uh, you just have to go. You just have to do things. You know what I mean? Hey, I have to get across this, and that's that's my only objective. That's my only focus, and it's really, really scary. 
because it puts you right it puts you right in that position you're looking at these two characters that are one probably don't know each other very well i, th I think even in the movie they're like you selected me for whatever reason they like they barely even know each other but it's just i have to work with you and i have to get across across this land all of that the, just the way it works i thought this was fantastic i i hope this plays out really really well uh, for the rest of the year. You know, I, I know it slows down and there's not as much, but I thoroughly think that if you're into Christopher Nolan movies, if you're into Interstellar or into Inception, if you like movies that on a scale, not, not so much that challenge your mind in that way, but a movie that looks and feels that big and massive that you go, I have to see this on IMAX, I think for sure this is something you should see. Because I'm, I'm so glad I did. I badly would like to see this again in another theater like this. Unfortunately, I, I probably just won't. Because, you know, it just it, it it's just one of those things. You know, we don't have really good IMAX where I'm from. But um, I'm, I'm still glad that I saw this in, in, a, in a big IMAX theater. And I know the people around me really did. Because this is the most... This is the most I've ever seen people... People be responsive. That wasn't a Avengers movie or a Star Wars movie where they're not clapping, but they are still being audible. They're still they're still reacting to things that are happening on screen because the movie is so immersive. It just puts you there. Where even me, I was like, oh wow, I I can't believe that this movie just sucked me in like this. I I thought this was phenomenal. I honestly, I really think this is something that. I know this will play out well for the Oscars. I'm, I can already see Sam Mendes getting a couple nominations. Probably Deacons. Hopefully he wins again. That man needs more medals and Oscars. and He needs all of it. Seriously. So, yeah, 1917. This is A-plus for me. Definite A-plus. Please go see this if you can. Even if you can't see it in IMAX, I still think, look, a theater experience still helps. Like, I, I don't ever complain about, look, if you want to watch a movie on your phone, that's fine. You know, I mean, that's kind of the reasons there. I think even some movies now are being shot, so that way when you do watch it on a phone, it's a little more cohesive. But I think a movie for like this, a movie like this, I really think should should experience it in a theater at least. Because the, the way this movie is shot, the way it looks, the way it sounds, all of it is just it's kind of the reason I think theaters exist. I think it's the whole reason why IMAX exists. You know, you're testing the limits of what you can show and do. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of lot of directors out there who are doing that. So, 1917, A plus for me. Definitely go see it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the reviews. Uh, as I do this right now, it's, it's the new year. It's 2020. So, thank all of you guys so much for listening, for supporting the podcast. This podcast will always be free, you know, for sure not. But if, you know, if you guys want to help out in any way you can, there is a, a website. Uh, there is a link to our website that will show like a Patreon if you want to support like a dollar or two dollars. It's up to you guys. You know what I mean? I, I leave it completely up to you. I love doing this and I, I love talking about movies and reacting to them and watching them. You know what I mean? And hopefully if you're into that too, I, I very much support you doing it. Please, if you new or if you've been doing this for a while send us links to your podcast or your blog i would love to check it out and support you guys and at least help out in some way uh so that's my goal for 2020 i just i really want to talk with other critics and really just get my brand out there you know what i mean uh, cinema flavor has been around for three four years already i guess three technically i started in like late 2016 but didn't really get off until 2017 so in that meantime uh i hope they're 
there's a lot more years coming along, and I seriously hope that this podcast gets a lot bigger. And I know, thanks to you guys, it can be. So, anyways, go to Twitter, go to TikTok, go to Instagram, so you guys can check out all our content on there. Also, go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can check out all the other episodes there as well. All right, guys. See ya. I'm out.